So, um, I guess, Jean, what are you good at? <laughs> Do you um, feel like you're like particularly good at anything? I think I'm really good at compromising. Calvin, you're like, no, Jean, that's not true. But I mean, I mean, um, in what way? I guess. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm good at trying to meet in the middle ground for something, whether it's a project or like a negotiation. As of late, because mm -hmm. at first I thought my talent was drawing, and I was like, no, I think drawing is just like the form of that concept, and then the concept that I'm good at in drawing is like copying or compromising. You know, negotiating with myself on what decisions I'm gonna make to get mm -hmm. a final happy outcome. Like you talk about it all the time of like trying to do what's fair for everybody, and mm -hmm. that's what I really appreciate about working with you and like seeing you negotiate stuff with clients, etc. Uh, for me particularly, and I think you'll also agree with this. I feel like I'm particularly good at understanding other people's perspectives mm -hmm. and trying to put myself in other people's shoes, and maybe not necessarily knowing exactly what they're doing, but being conscious of like what they might be feeling. Mm -hmm. No, I think you are really good at that because in a lot of our projects. At least I know I end up positioning you as the voice of the client, and always mm -hmm. asking you like, "Is this the right thing to do?" or like, "What are your thoughts about this?" And you're like, "Well, I think." And then like, I know you're positioning and keeping the client in mind and whatever you know base they're coming from. So I know it's not like there's no ulterior motive for it. There's no ego involved. It's actually like you're voicing other people's thoughts and like other people's positions for us. What do you think you realized that you were good at compromising? Probably. Probably two weeks ago when we had to do it a lot. <laughs> um, but before before Jean getting to the stage of uh, that talent, when I was much younger in middle school, I knew I was good at copying, like tracing artwork and copying. It wasn't that I was good at drawing; I knew I was good at copying. It wasn't until I got to probably AP Studio in was it eleventh mm -hmm. grade. Probably tenth or eleventh, yeah. Tenth, yeah, tenth or eleventh. When it was like, okay, all those years of copying like are coming into play now because you've developed <laughs> the skill. So you need to now be able to develop the concept on your own.、Mm -hmm. So now I just have to focus on the thought process of it. I think when I was in middle school, high school, I was like, oh, like everybody's nice and everybody's、mm -hmm. like considerate. You know, like、mm -hmm. it's just a thing that people、yeah. should be. And I didn't realize that it was something that was felt more unique to me, at least than it does to other people.、Mm -hmm. Was in college when I became an RA, and I was like,、mm -hmm. oh, this is coming a little bit more easily to me, or like I feel like I'm able to go through this process a little bit more easily than like my peers are.、Mm -hmm. But I think that other people had realized it in me pretty early. I was always called like a sensitive kid when I when I was young. I thought I was like, oh, it's just a thing that people say、mm -hmm. if they're if your kid doesn't have any other exemplary qualities. <laughs> Uh, and then as I got older, I was like, "Oh, that's what you just say about the gay kids." And then I was like, "Oh no, but was, I guess it's maybe it has some truth in it too." <laughs> Have you heard that? I guess I don't know. Like, you're like, "Oh, such a sensitive boy." It's like,、yeah. oh, gay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>、um, we're talking about talent because we wanted to talk about the role of talent in success. American culture and like the American story in general is always really interested and really captivated by the idea of. Being wildly and very quickly successful,、mm -hmm. and in their story, a lot of people give the reason for their success as I'm just like talented, or as,、mm -hmm. as something that came forth because I am good at what I do. People recognized what I did,、mm -hmm. and then just grew from there. A meritocracy, you know, like、mm -hmm. the greatest people will always become successful.、Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the American story, right?、Mm -hmm. Today, Gene and I want to talk about the role of talent and success. How much skill actually contributes to a person's upward path? And ways to make up for a lack of talent if、mm -hmm. it's not something that comes naturally to you. 
I'm Calvin. And I'm Jane. And this is 27, a podcast about growing up. So swinging it to you, Calvin, what do you think talent is? So I fully wrote this question and I didn't think about it at all. So (laughs) just off the top of my head, there's this, um, this like Twitter TikTok meme where people will take this audio and it's like, if you have it, you have it. And if you don't, you don't. And frankly, I'm sorry if you don't understand, but like, if you get it, you get it. You don't, you don't. (laughs) And I guess it's kind of that like talent is something that like, I guess it is a skill or ability that comes naturally. Mm-hmm. What do you, I guess what do you think about that? I I used to think talent was something that you were born with, mm-hmm. but I think as I've gotten older, I feel or I realize that talent is actually just knowing what you want. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to like really focus in on it and really go for it. I always go back to the moment I was in one of my drawing classes in college. I was so frustrated because I I thought that my talent was art and drawing. And when I wasn't able to have that same excited feeling about making a piece anymore, I was like, what if what if I'm not a drawer? Like, what if I'm not an artist? My entire identity has shifted. I've only known this my whole life, right? Like, what yeah, am I- Yeah, I mean, that, that's what happened when we were talking while you were at USC and you said mm-hmm. that you had switched from studio art to design. I was like, oh, that's like a big, thing because yeah. I yeah because like Jean said like I knew Jean as the art girl she was the studio she had the big plastic black, like everybody probably at our high school would think like oh Jean was the artist mm-hmm. I think I even got like a superlative for art like that was <laughs> that was literally my whole identity my entire life right and I was like what if I'm not an artist and I had to really think what role does art play in my future success and that's when I, I think I started to understand a little bit more that talent is not really a form like art mm-hmm. is a form talent is not a form talent is identifying like a key point in yourself that you you can really capitalize on and then you apply it to a form copying and compromising and like negotiating those are my talents and part of it is in design when i get like a composition from josh rick and trying to compromise like what his core idea was and what i think is going to be a good composition for the client so that's like in design Mm -hmm. And then in business is like, what price does our client want to pay versus what do we want to get? And then how do we get into a good middle ground there? And I was like, none mm. of that has to do with art, but all of it has to do with knowing that I want people to be happy with the final outcome. So it has shifted from like what I used to think of something being a natural born skill or a natural born talent into like, oh, you you actually need to like identify exactly what you want and what you're good at. So it's a lot of it, I think, mm-hmm. is more self-reflection. And so for people mm-hmm. who are like a naturally good singer, they they love to sing normally. So they want to be a singer. And then it's like, OK, your form is singing. So what is a skill that actually will make you an amazing singer? I think it's interesting the way that we started the podcast, because when I wrote those like introduction questions, I was thinking that we would probably say something like you would say art and I would say math or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. It was I, I was thinking that it'd be something very short and very like understandable. But when I heard that you had gone for more of a like conceptual thing, I was like, oh, I can also probably go for what I think is my true strength, which is more of a conceptual thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't do a lot of math anymore. So it's not really a talent and it's not something mm-hmm. that I've carried on into my life. But mm-hmm. 
going against like what I had said earlier, in addition to being natural or in addition to coming like easily, talent is a person's like inclination towards understanding something better, mm-hmm. right? To give the example that Jean said, you're good at singing, but what led you to being good at singing is like mm-hmm. your talent. Maybe it's mm-hmm. performance or it's your understanding of beauty and like what sounds mm-hmm. good like yeah. you know being very in tune with your ability to understand mm-hmm. audio or something mm-hmm. but it couldn't be any of those things and that would all lead to the same source of like you're good at singing mm-hmm. but the talents can still be different yeah do you think that the inner understanding leads to an external talent or do you think mm-hmm. the external talent gives you like the familiarity to develop mm-hmm. a deeper understanding like which do you think the chicken and the egg i think it can be a, a two-way journey you know mm-hmm. um and it's really what stage you get, what stage you start to confront the, these things at. Because I think everyone who's identified as being talented has probably come across a stage in their life where they had to confront like imposter syndrome or confront mm-hmm. what if I'm not this. That moment is so pivotal in the direction that you move forward in and the direction mm-hmm. when you say like, I am going to be this amazing singer or I'm I'm just going to be someone who likes to sing. When you come across that question or when you confront yourself with it, like, can you answer it and will you dig deeper? Like you said, it's a two-way street, right? Yeah. Like they feed into each other mm-hmm. and it kind of becomes this relationship between understanding and practice. And yeah. some people lean more on the practice side, some people lean more on mm-hmm. the understanding side. Because when I was younger, probably around 10, I knew that I liked art and I knew I was good at copying and tracing. That was something I I knew spot on already where I was like, I'm really good at tracing shit. I was in a fourth grade class and I was drawing a whale because my teacher was like, draw a whale as like one of our practices. And he noticed that I drew the whale backwards. Like it was flipped. He's like, you didn't exactly copy it the way it's meant on there. And that's when I knew I was good at copying because I didn't, it didn't have to be exact. And then it wasn't until getting into like 10th grade when I was like, you know, you're good at copying, but now you're in AP art, like you got to go. So it was Mm -hmm. all muscle memory at that point where I was like, okay, I know I can draw now because I've spent so many years copying. So can I actually think of the idea now was the other thing. And then when I got into college, I came across that question again of like, what if I'm not an artist? Like the talent isn't the art now. The talent is actually something else. So talent can also change, but like you have to confront those stages for your talent to actually grow. Uh, Which I think is so different than the way that we see talent as like Mm -hmm. a culture. Mm -hmm. Because if I try to think of like, what does a talented person look like? Uh, my brain usually goes first to like the child prodigy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you see those news stories about kids who are like, oh, this kid programmed a robot mm-hmm. and they're only seven years old or something. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, wow, that's crazy. And mm-hmm. I'm 20, 27, I'm 28 and I'm, you know, eating <laughs> chips on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> like that's always the thing, right? That's always the joke that people make. Mm-hmm. At least from the definition that we've been talking about right now, I don't know if those are necessarily like line up to at least what we think of as... Mm-hmm what a, a talented person is, at least as an adult. I feel like a lot of public culture uses talent to discredit someone. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, you're talented. It couldn't have been hard for you. Or like, you couldn't have gone through shit to be able to get you here. It almost sounds like ultimately like the thought process and the amount of time of self-reflection that you had to go through was all for nothing. Like that's that's the work that no one sees, right? Because they only see you performing or they only see you completing the act. I'm just good at the thing I'm good at. But if you ask me to find something 
on my computer, I can't find it. And I was like, I know that about myself because I I'm so focused on the one thing I know that I need to be good at that like mm-hmm. everything else I'm pretty shit in life um <laughs> and so when you ask someone who's talented to like explain their reason for success sometimes they're just like I don't know the words for it because I only know the one thing I'm good at so we've talked a little bit about talent and we've started to talk about success how do not us as individuals mm-hmm. but how does like our culture define success mm-hmm. I feel like our culture defines success by money and fame Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you put that question in our like run of show because I'm in the Good Humans Facebook group from, I think, Julie B or Jubilee? Julie B, mm. right? Uh, Julie, I think it's Jubilee. Jubilee Media, yeah. And someone had posed the question on, you know, what does success look like to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and a lot of folks had said, you know, they would be able to afford things that they want. Um, they would be able to be happy, like money just wouldn't be concerned and they would be able to pursue whatever they're passionate about. I find it funny that, you know, success has to come with money to be mm-hmm. able to to be defined as successful. For me now, I think success is feeling fulfilled. Right? Mm-hmm. Like every day I go to bed very thankful and very happy that like, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't matter that I went to bed at like 5 a.m. and have to get up at 9 a.m. I'm like always very blessed and happy. I, I agree with you. We, I mean, we live in the Calvin talk about capitalism. Uh, <laughs> we live in a capitalist society. So like success is pretty inherently tied to money and financial mm-hmm. gain mm-hmm. and um, to a certain extent excess, but maybe not necessarily. I guess if you think of success as like a cultural idea as opposed to like you know what individuals want you you think of like scrooge mcduck diving into like a bunch of gold coins you think of you know going to rodeo drive or you think about beverly hills you think of like mm-hmm. excess and wealth and like elon musk i don't know mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> but i think if you like you said like if you talk to people i think that even though it is still rooted in money i think there's a huge difference between that cultural idea and what people actually want, which I think Mm -hmm. is really interesting. I think it's Mm -hmm. the sign of like changing times. People don't want too much or people don't want like a cartoonish amount of money. Mm -hmm. They just want enough to like feel okay. Mm -hmm. And like maybe like some people might say like, oh, I want to be able to take care of my family. They want to like, it's more of like a stability thing as opposed Mm -hmm. to like a, an excess thing. And maybe that's Mm -hmm. just the circles that we run in. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of people who just want to like stow away a bunch of money and have Mm -hmm. generational wealth. I mean, it would be really nice, but (laughs) I think, I think what a lot of us are aiming for is just to like be in a space where we're not worrying. And that's Mm -hmm. a much different type of success than what we see on TV, I guess. Yeah. I think the role of talent in success is that it's one part, obviously, like it's Mm -hmm. one part of it, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't even say it's a majority or I wouldn't even say it's insignificant, but I would just say it's one of many factors that have a questionable importance, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of a cop-out answer, but I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I can say like talent is 20% of success. It just feels (laughs) like there's this amorphous amount. It's significant enough that it makes a difference, but it's Mm -hmm. not significant enough that it's a deal breaker. It gives you either motivation or the confidence to be able to accomplish Mm -hmm. something. And that's what kind of moves you forward in in your journey of whatever you're doing, you know? And for us, we're just speaking Mm -hmm. about like the career and future of Studio DBJ. So two years ago, I'm not gonna say which client this is in case they listen, but I I love them. This client had reached out and they wanted to redo their brand identity. And I was like, I can do that. 
And then they also wanted to do a website. And I was like, I don't know about that. You know, I was like, I don't know if I can do the website because I don't do web design. Holy shit. I don't want to let this project go either. So I was like, okay, I know I can do this because I know I have really great intuition about design relationships and visual relationships. I think you can tell in some initial rounds of design when you were on with me, they look kind of janky. Like I knew they looked kind of janky. I wasn't going to lie to myself where I was like, there is something janky about this. I need to resolve it. So to be able to resolve it, I was like, I'm going to look at a shit ton of websites that are successful and like what makes mm -hmm. them successful. When we took on that project, I was like, I know I don't have a lot of that in my wheelhouse, but I know we can do it because I know I can strategize how to resolve the problems that are gonna come across it. And also mm -hmm. like the understanding that I have about myself to be able to bring it to a level of success. One thing that you said, I think you mentioned momentum or something related to momentum, right? In terms mm -hmm. of just like getting the ball rolling and that mm -hmm. talent has a really big role in at least getting something started for mm -hmm. your road, road to success. I 100% agree with that because I feel like that's what happens to most people when you start mm -hmm. something as a kid. It's always easy to like foster talent as a kid, right? Because mm -hmm. you're so kind of open to doing whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. And like children as a whole are just much more malleable than mm -hmm. adults are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because you can fool yourself into thinking you're good at something or mm -hmm. like nobody else is that great at stuff so because you're a kid mm -hmm. so it's like you can fool yourself into thinking you're good enough to keep going mm -hmm. and that's the most important part about being successful is mm -hmm. the keep going part mm -hmm. it, it doesn't even need to be like you're a prodigy it's just like yeah. when i was in high school i was like starting to do photography and i was starting to take pictures mm -hmm. and i was shit like honestly like most kids with a camera are pretty shit <laughs> but because it was something that I did that was like, not everybody's always doing photography. I maybe mm -hmm. now because everybody has cameras, but mm -hmm. um, I was like at the cusp of camera phones. So like nobody really was taking photos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got like a, a, like maybe two or three year head start on people. You and did. then I also deluded myself into thinking that I was good at it. And that like gave me the energy and like the... The opportunities because like I, I was I was known as like the kid with the camera yeah um, I was about to say you were literally the like I think you were one of the first kids to bring your camera to school all the time yeah so, oh I didn't know that so yeah. I guess I'm also a trendsetter so cool yeah you're a trailblazer uh, so, um so <laughs> which sucks though because I also like now especially in college I was like oh well now I'm just the Asian guy with the camera like every Asian guy has a camera now so <laughs> I'm like it's okay I'm just the Asian girl in design like yeah exactly yeah you know so there's I nothing special <laughs> but at least it's like for those first couple of years like you know you're, you're good at photography and I was like mm -hmm. oh cool and then I, I wasn't but <laughs> I it gave me the momentum to like keep practicing and keep doing stuff to the point where now I do think that I'm at least okay like mm -hmm. I'm pretty good the downside is everybody else everybody else is also pretty good but I know now everyone <laughs> besides the point like I, yeah I was like I feel pretty I feel pretty confident in my ability to take a good photo now mm -hmm. and that only could happen because you know, I had the momentum of people telling me that I was good mm -hmm. and also me believing that I was good. Yeah. The road to success is paved with delusion, right? Like yeah. you have to believe yes. so fiercely that yes. you are good at what you do. No, <laughs> no, I 100 agree with that. I feel like this goes back to a later, like an earlier episode where like you have to blindly be so confident in yourself to give yourself momentum. Because when I look at mm -hmm. some of the designs that we or not we, I, let's be real, I did back then. Um, 
shit. <laughs> Total <laughs> shit. I was like, oh God, this is on the internet forever, you know? But I was mm-hmm. so blindly confident that I was like, this is good in this moment. I was like, I'm gonna keep going with it. And then now mm-hmm. I see our designs, I'm like, they're they're kick-ass now, you know, like they're way kick-ass now. But part of that delusion can't be um can't be like ignorant delusion though. It has to be like mm-hmm. a guided delusion mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I'm I'm good at photography. I'm not like the world's best photographer, but I'm good at it. And I'm I'm willing to just kind of like lie to myself a little bit <laughs> to get over that hump of Mm-hmm. whatever you know janky quality i might have and then you're like okay now i'm like a pro at it right it's the like willingness to grow even mm-hmm. though you think that you're good there is the understanding that you can keep going further mm-hmm. as opposed to uh people who sit down and they think that they're shit and they're like mm-hmm. oh i have so much more to go and then that's yeah. like stopping you that's getting in your way i was about to say you know what hold on i might change my mind a little bit because i i just thought about something that happened earlier this week during a portfolio mm. review um mm-hmm. this was during the group portfolio review and someone was talking about their passion and their talents of drawing and how mm-hmm. They don't want to do any of the other design work that's in their portfolio they're showing. They want to actually do illustration work. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I had noted was that, you know what, maybe it's not delusion for your, for what you're doing or like being so blindly confident. It's the willingness to advocate for yourself, mm-hmm. right? So it's a willingness to say like, I take photography. I might not be good at it right now, but I'm going to continuously promote myself and like do photography because that's the Mm -hmm. only way my photography will get noticed and I will send my photography out even if it's shit I will send it out Mm -hmm. to someone and they might hire me you know or like I'm just gonna set up something and have people come by or I'm gonna join yearbook like it might be shitty but I'm gonna do it because I'm willing to do it you know the process of getting there is just advocating for yourself and continuously being open to to do the thing you want and knowing to ask for it because no one mm. is going to notice it and no one's going to notice that talent unless you advocate for yourself. You can believe that you're the best, but if you don't put yourself out there, mm-hmm. if you're like, oh, my work is too good for everybody, yeah. so I'm not going to talk to anybody about it. They'll find me. That's mm-hmm. not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a, so it's a it, combo of delusion and advocacy. <laughs> yeah. Which I think also uh, would be helpful if you also had somebody else advocating for you. So like, mm-hmm. I think that whether or not you have a natural talent, if you can find somebody who will vouch for you, that can also take you pretty far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for real. It's like good support system. Like, you know, if it's, whether it's like your best friend rooting you on and saying, hey, I'm gonna make you apply to this contest. That's advocacy in your circle and not just coming from yourself. But as long as you also have like that delusion note on saying like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I like will be able to do this. It's, you know, it's a two way street. I think you'll you'll read in news stories or from like anecdotes from previous workers that like a lot of really successful CEOs are just crazy people. Yeah. They're just like they're <laughs> they are very um, neurotic or they're very like particular. They have, mm-hmm. and I think that that probably just comes from like an intense delusion and mm-hmm. like an intense sort of like uh, self generating machine of like I'm doing the right thing and I always do the right thing. Mm-hmm. If nobody else is telling you that, but you can tell yourself that, then that's just fine. Mm-hmm. And if you can get at least one or two other people to tell you that, then that helps even more. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. it's about like being able to establish a level of confidence, whether anybody else believes it's founded or unfounded. Mm-hmm. As long as you believe in yourself, 
it gives you the momentum, the confidence, mm-hmm. the um, the drive to keep going. Yeah. yeah and that can come so. from passion. That can come from advocacy. That can come from support. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's about that, I guess, yeah. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a talent or if it's just like a personality trait. And I feel like you've heard me say this before. I have a very like addictive or obsessive type of personality. I like to just like really focus in on one thing and like do it and like get it either get it right or get it to a level that I'm very happy with where I think the client is going to be happy or just me in life I'm going to be happy and I feel like that is something that like does contribute to at least the success and growth of Studio DBJ there's no reason to stay up to 4 a.m to redo a whole design just because like I want to redo it but that happens quite often where we like get to a certain stage and then I was like I think it can be better if we do this and then we'll just redo the whole thing at 4 a.m. and it will be late for the client but like I am 100% stoked to do that. I don't know if that is talent or if that is just personality trait but it then leads to projects that are of that level for us to be able to like go through that round again of like okay we we are good enough to do it or like we have this delusion that says like we're advocating for ourselves that we can do this level of work so like we should get this level of work it's unfortunate but that there is sort of a a masculine or a more aggressive bias to like the types of personality traits that Mm -hmm. do become successful because traits like aggression and like hyperfixation i guess like dominance more generally like kind of lead to more success yes uh and that or at least more of the the cultural idea of success Uh, where you're like a ceo where you have Mm -hmm. power you have control and that's definitely like something to worry about or Mm -hmm. something to like acknowledge but there are ways that more feminine or more like nurturing personality traits can also lead to success more Mm -hmm. of the success that gina and i were talking about where it is more about community focused Mm -hmm. or uh, internal like stability focused Mm -hmm. like ways of success being a particularly emotionally intelligent person can lead you to you know doing great things with i don't know nonprofit or like Mm -hmm. an hr or Mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily hr but like Mm -hmm. psychology you know the writing entertainment there are like ways to become successful with other personality traits i just think that america and the world right now is more biased towards towards the aggressive yeah yeah because i i totally feel you on that where it's a picket like there's there's a lot of days where the the battle in my head is do i be aggressive today am i aggressive or do i nurture right like when Mm. when does that kind of happen and that's like that's where the compromise comes in right where you're like am i gonna be aggressive now or am I gonna be nurturing now or like you know on the softer heart of my side of like I want everyone to just be happy I kind of want I guess because we're circling around the like what are other factors that come into play for success you know there is a talent there is where we were talking about personality traits and like between being aggressive and also nurturing um, momentum advocating for self networking I wanted to bring up two points that we got there is the acknowledgement of like talent is something that you're good at and it's a strength to almost cover for your weakness and the other Mm -hmm. one is luck and privilege and Mm -hmm. how much does that lead to your success yeah yeah and i think that's that's definitely a i wouldn't call it a blind spot but it's just something that we sort of the elephant in the room that we haven't Mm -hmm. really been talking about for this episode which is that generational wealth is a huge thing and wealth mm-hmm. tends to stay concentrated mm-hmm. with the people who already have it there's a lot of studies I, I don't know them offhand but that just say that you know your zip code is probably the most defining 
uh, like thing that will determine no. whether or not you're successful. I, I believe that. And obviously there is social mobility from like all like situations. Some people can like fall from, like some people have huge falls from grace and some people have like, you know, giant mm -hmm. leaps into uh, mm -hmm. wealth and success, but it's a fraction of a fraction of a percent of people. So mm -hmm. it is, it is just absolutely true that yeah. that is real. Cause I also look at, um, you know, my journey versus people in my family and people I went to elementary school with because mm. I was definitely in a different zip code before coming over to this side of the hill. But also during mm. college, I was in, an, in a completely different zip code, right? Because I was in LA. Mm -hmm. And I think being in LA has somewhat contributed to the aggression that I was able to have or the bluntness I'm able to have now. But versus if I had only stayed in the valley, I might be I might not be as like aggressive as I am now. And the whole idea of talent also like being kind of like this fast pass to success. I always think about, you're going to laugh. I always think about Kylie Jenner, <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. girl was going to be successful no matter what. But I always think about the fact that she also had a choice to make on whether she was going to be successful or not. You know, it is a luck and a privilege that she was born into the family that she's born into where, you know, she could have been the kid that parties all day, gets drunk, like the rich kid that parties, get drunk, goes on a boat, does nothing with her life, loses all her money. Like she could have definitely mm -hmm. gone down that route, mm -hmm. but she decided that she was going to go down the route of lip kits and like makeup. And I, I guess one thing that I want to add to that is people always talk about Kim and Kylie and to a lesser extent, Kendall, Chloe, Courtney, but mm -hmm. like we need to acknowledge the real talent in the Kardashian family, which is Chris. Like Chris is- Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are always like, oh, like, you know, none of them have any talent, but like Chris, Chris has a talent. Like she's- Yeah. She's made insane. every single one successful. Like that is some real mama manager talent. So I guess to close out the conversation, like mm -hmm. what, what should you do if you find out that you have a talent in something? I always pose this questions during portfolio reviews, which is, can you still do what you do without the actual thing? Can you still have a job doing your passion if design never existed? And if the answer is no, you have to go and reevaluate what you think is your passion or your talent or your skill, and then see if you can apply it somewhere else. I think that's what mm. you should do if you have a talent. Like, don't get so focused on one thing. If you find out that you're great at design, what other well can you pull from to like make that talent even more unique and even more like strong? Mm -hmm. Find somebody to help like nurture it as well. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I think the most important thing, I mean, number one from an advocacy standpoint, but number two from like a finding you a place to direct your talent is really mm -hmm. important to mm -hmm. figuring out how to how to move forward. Yeah. And so I'm like, Alan, what should you do if you don't have talent? That sounds pointed because it sounds like you're asking me because oh. I don't have any time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think a big thing is I, I, compensating sounds like a bad word because it's, you know, people always use it in terms of like making up for a very negative and deep flaw of your <laughs> life. But I think compensating by like understanding what you do bring the, to the table. A lot of times, maybe the less talented person, especially in design, the less talented person might get a job because they're much easier to work with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're they're like a dream to like collaborate with yeah. or they're like really easy, they're really responsive. I guess the tip is to understand how people within the place that you want to enter work and how you can make that 
a good experience for them. Mm -hmm. Even if, you know, you might not be able to provide the exact talent that they need, that you mm -hmm. can make up for it by making the process easier or understanding the way that they exist in the world or something like that. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what your talent is, don't focus so, like, don't center yourself so much. Look at your community around you or your network around you and see what are the positive aspects of yourself or what they think you're good at because that's that's kind of signaling something like signaling certain directions for you to go down and especially if they say like i'm like hey calvin you're really good at writing and you're like i don't know about that but like that means i'm good in something academic and so then it's like that's a circle or an umbrella for you to start to look into and then part of it is like your own willingness to like put in the practice and put in the time you'll never find your talent if you never give yourself the time to focus on it you know a lot of recognition and self-awareness i don't know what it is about the water but a lot of those defining moments and pivotal questions in my life just come when i'm in the shower so you mm -hmm. just got to give yourself like 15 minutes one thing that i wanted to bring up that uh, you had mentioned while you were talking about uh talent and the struggles of both talented and untalented people is people are always going to find a way to make you feel like you didn't do a good job <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you're talented, they'll be like, oh, you're like, of course, you know, you, you didn't have to try that that hard. If you're mm -hmm. not talented, they'll be like, oh, well, you're shit at this. So you yeah. should you should even just give up whether your ability is natural and like comes easily or it's you worked hard to get there. There's going to be some amount of resistance that you run into when you try mm -hmm. to do anything. Mm -hmm. So just that, like, I don't know, find find the delusion and pull, yeah. pull it out when you need it, because yeah. It's not like a talented person doesn't go through any struggle either. Yeah. Um, thank you everybody for joining us for this episode. We really appreciate it. I know that it's kind of been a long time in the making because mm -hmm. like we've, you know, you heard from the last episode, Gina and I have been having some growing pains at CDBJ, <laughs> just to be a little transparent. Yes, that's um, right. Which is totally fine. Uh, be sure to find us on Spotify and Apple Music and share our episode around. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter, which is available at studiodbj.com. If you just scroll a little bit, you'll get a pop-up that asks you to sign up. And it'll let you know when our next episodes are going to be coming out. Well, I also want to add, um, also, if you are ever interested in working with us, whether you are a potential client or also just a freelancer, I was like, drop mm -hmm. us a line because we're consistently now, I think, looking to expand our roster a bit more. And so um, just send it on over and I guess just tell us what you're talented at so we know. We haven't decided what our next episode is going to be about, but we are going to be trying to get a special guest for it. So we will decide around who that person is. I know the mystery. Um, <laughs> so you have to listen to the next episode. <laughs> so uh, we'll catch you then in two mm -hmm. weeks, but mm -hmm. uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, do we do anything at the end anymore? We just say bye. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.